Welcome to part two of my narcissist video. In this video, I'm going to talk more about covert narcissism and how it is a little bit special from the sort of classic overt narcissism. So if you haven't watched video one, so this is actually part two that I'm doing right now. If you haven't watched part one, I'll put a link in the description and you can go back and check that out, kind of do an overview of narcissism as well as some of the key traits that all narcissists have, whether they're overt or covert. And then in this video, I'm gonna kind of embellish on top of that and some extra sort of observations about covert narcissists. So covert, you can think of it meaning like shy or hidden or secret. It's almost like a, a hidden or a secret narcissist. It's really hard to see these people coming. You can be hanging out with somebody in a relationship with them for like a year before you're just like finally like, what in the world is up with this person? And that's how it kind of starts. You're just like, what is going on? You're confused. So these covert narcissists often have like a false sense of humility. And I think that is one of the most confusing things because here you might look at them and go, wow, look at that humble person. They're so giving and they're helpful and they have this community and they're sort of breathing into the community. And at first, you know, it might appear that way, but then over time, you know, if you get to know them or you start to observe them, this kind of underlying sense of superiority will kind of start to show through. But they're just, they could be ashamed of it or maybe it doesn't fit their projected false self that they're pushing out, like, oh, I'm a humble person. They could be trying to project that to everybody. So being grandiose doesn't really match into that narrative. Like let's say in a religious context, not to pick on religion, but um, I do think it is a common place that people can get really confused. Um, you know, here you've got this pillar of the community, as Richard Grant says. Um, appearing very humble, but then, you know, when you get to know them, superiority is coming out and they kind of are really hard to work with and they don't compromise and they don't listen to other people's opinions. It's their way or nothing. They have this narrative they're trying to push. So all these things kind of can come out and then it kind of contradicts the whole, you know, false humbleness that's being projected. So the coverts often are kind of almost ashamed of this grandiosity or they might be tired or depressed. So they can kind of it's like they put this shell over top of it to kind of hide it the best they can. And, you know, to non-intuitive people or people that aren't really keeping their eyes open, you know, a lot of people might just they'll never get really deeper than that. They just assume that person is what they, that person is projecting. And they just assume that person has a bunch of humility. But then kind of the people that are looking closer will start to notice. And a lot of time with covert narcissists or these shy narcissists, it's like, if you're in it, if you're in the relationship, it is really hard to see it. And that is because you are experiencing the manipulation. You might be experiencing gaslighting and guilt trips and you feel bad, but you're not sure why. And you're like, is this person manipulating me? All of a sudden you see manipulation, you're like, yes, they are. But then you're like, oh no, they're not, but they're so loving and they're trying to help me. No, they do have empathy. It is really confusing. And to be honest, it is my biggest recommendation is if you suspect you're in a situation like this to go see a therapist. Or if you can't do that, like get a really wise friend. Because often friends can see things that you can't see because you're so caught up in the, uh, the, you're, in the you're in the mud with this narcissist they're not in the mud. They're kind of on the outside and they're going to be like, oh, you're clearly in the mud. That pig is drowning you in the mud. You should stop rolling around in the mud with that pig. You'd be like, no, I'm good. I'm, 
I'm, I'm got it under control. I know I'm getting this pig out of the mud. We're, I'm gonna get both of us out of the mud. And they're like, uh, no, clearly that pig loves the mud and they're pulling you in. So the best way really to get a handle on this is to get an outside opinion and give you some reassurance that yes, you are being manipulated. So go watch my other video on manipulation because um, I list a lot of the manipulation techniques in there that narcissists use. The second thing I wanna talk about with coverts is the victim mentality because they really embrace this. So the overts don't really often bother with this because they're great and they're just trying to project how awesome they are. They don't want to appear like a victim. Um, but coverts, they love that. So do you ever, do you know any people, like maybe you have any people in your life that just always, just like playing that victim card all the time to get people to empathize with them so that people will come and do things for them. So sometimes it can be quite easy to see that victim mentality. Like it's just obvious, like you're, like a child you know, throwing a temper tantrum and you can tell their fate crying because they want a candy bar. Um, you know that, you know, they might be like, oh, I never get candy. You know, that's sort of an obvious way that the victim mentality can be used. But you know what? Other ways, it can also be very hard to see and you might actually think they're the victim for a long time. All right, so the next thing is covert narcissists and manipulation. So, you know, all narcissists will use manipulation, especially like gaslighting, but covert narcissists just take this to another level. And that's because they're often not very direct in expressing their needs. Masters of guilt tripping. And at its core, like what is guilt tripping? Guilt tripping is somebody who wants you to do something, but then they make you feel bad to do it. An example might be in a relationship between two people that have kids. You know, somebody might be like, oh, if you were a good mother, you would do this, right? And it has nothing to do with being a good mother. If she doesn't do that thing, she has to contend with this thought in her head that, oh, I'm not a good mother if I do this thing. So a lot of people, they can fall for the guilt trip. They do the thing to make themselves be a good mother, but then in the end, it's just a guilt trip. So guilt trips are used constantly. This is actually one sign of a covert narcissist, masters of guilt tripping, to the point where I think it's so ingrained inside of them that if you call them out on it, they don't even know what you're talking about. Like, it's just basically everyday life to them, guilt tripping. So passive aggressive behavior, they just use tons of that. So they don't wanna be outwardly aggressive, like an overt narcissist, so they have to use subtle ways to be aggressive, passive aggressive. Um, I won't go too deep into this just because it's a big topic. I've got a whole nother video on manipulation techniques, so maybe I'll put a link up or maybe I already have. You can check that video out. But passive aggressive behavior in general is just, they don't come right out and tell you they have a problem with you, but you know, you know it because they're not talking to you, they're being silent, and they're trying to push you to do something with their silence. So that's one example. There's lots of different types of passive-aggressive behavior. They are all horrible. So, you know, they will use shaming techniques like talking behind your back. They will triangulate. They'll get other people to do their bidding. You know, they'll use the victim mentality on a third party, make, make this person feel like you're the perpetrator. And then now that person comes at you and is guilt tripping you. And that's uh, a word for that is flying monkeys. So it comes from that movie, The Wizard of Oz, The Wicked Witch of the West or whatever. It's been a while since I saw it, but... Uh, that wicked witch has all these flying monkeys that do her bidding. So oftentimes covert narcissists will use other people to do their work. And if you know they can get a more direct overt person, 
to do their bidding. All of a sudden, you're contending with this, this person, this very direct, loud person that is doing the bidding of the covert narcissist. So gaslighting is another one. They basically trying to convince you that you're crazy, that you are the one with the problem. Um, go into my manipulation video for more info on that. But, you know, gaslighting is something that I used to fall for a lot. And so I here I am thinking, man, am I crazy? Like, am I really the crazy one here? Because this does not make any sense what this person is doing. You know, they'll remember stories. They'll say, remember words that you said wrong. They'll leave things out. They'll retell events, but, you know, change subtle facts or leave key pieces of information out to kind of make the thing different than what it was. These are all sort of gaslighting techniques. You know, other manipulation techniques they might use sort of surround the whole false narrative. So they have this narrative, they have a fake false self that they are projecting, like, I am an amazing, we have an amazing family, look how amazing our family is. In fact, I'll tell you this quick story I heard, I don't remember their names, um, but it was this family, it was two women actually that were married, and they had adopted all these children from other, another country, and they had a number of them, like five, six, seven of these children. And they, their social media was huge. They looked like these amazing people. The kids were always smiling. It was just this, you know, perfect life portrayed as these two super humble and gracious and giving people that were adopting these, all these kids. And then it came out later, it was this big scandal that they were actually abusing the kids. The kids were like forced to pose for these pictures even though they were like doing really poorly. And anyway, perfect example of a false image being projected by a couple narcissists. You know, the thing about narcissists too with their, their projecting of false self is that it can be tricky sometimes because it's not always perfect, right? They, they might even project, oh, this struggle they had, but it's always attached to the thing they've learned and the thing they've overcome and they, now, they are now enlightened and they're, they have this epiphany and this is how they're better now. It's like, I don't think they ever will say something that makes them look vulnerable. I think that's a type of manipulation in a way to constantly make people, you know, think something different than reality. So underneath it all, that's, that's basically a manipulative technique. The next trait I wanna talk about, about covert narcissists, is this general smugness that they often have. And it's basically this belief that they are right no matter what. You know, it comes across as basically an extreme stubbornness. Um, they got it all figured out. Basically, they have an agenda and they are following it. Sometimes it's, they've like attached themselves to some kind of collective or community. And if you try to disagree with them or challenge them on any of these things, you get super defensive, but they can never really explain their reasons. So basically they have this general smugness and it's kind of just like, I'm right, I'm enlightened. They often have this some enlightened belief and they need to, they're always trying to like, you know, educate people on their agenda. like. And the end result of this smugness is that there's really no way for you to change their minds. Like, and there's no way they're ever going to believe what you have to say or listen to what you have to say. If they do listen, and coverts might do this, they might pretend to listen, but then they just don't tell you. But you know that you're not connecting with this person on a deep level. So another sign of a covert is it basically just feels like you're stuck in the twilight zone. 
it's like, what in the world? You're just constantly being like, what? What the? F you're just like, <laughs> it literally feels like you're stuck in the twilight zone. You have no idea what's going on. You feel crazy. You don't know how to fix it. And it's an awful feeling. With normal relationships, with normal people, you don't feel crazy all the time. You don't feel like you're stuck in the twilight zone because you have real communication. You can actually understand each other. If you're in a situation where you're extremely misunderstood or you have no idea what they're saying or maybe they don't give you proper reasons or whatever, you can kind of end up with this twilight zone behavior. And it's, a, it's really common with coverts especially. So another thing that I've heard um, from various sources about covert narcissists is they're extremely vulnerable to stress. And if they get into a stressful situation or you put them into a stressful situation, they can often go to pieces really quick. And they can often almost resort to like childlike behavior. Um, and it's almost like you can't reason with them anymore. Like they just don't know how to, to deal with it. So, you know, in these situations, they can sort of resort to a lot of sob stories. It sort of leads back into the whole victim mentality. Um, they want your sympathy. They want your support. They want your help, basically. And, you know, and that's not to say that everybody who has a bad time is a narcissist, obviously. And, um, you know, that's something to, to point out that's really important is that just because somebody has some of these traits or one of these traits, it doesn't mean they're a narcissist. But it's kind of like when somebody is portraying a lot of these things or, you know, a good portion of them and they're being manipulative, then you can kind of know that maybe they're on the spectrum somewhere. All right, so the, ne so the next thing I wanna talk about coverts is uh, something I got from Little Shaman. She is pretty hard hitting on the whole narcissism topic and I think she really knows her stuff. One of the things she was talking about is feelings are facts and it's something I've noticed. It's basically narcissists have a very hard time being sort of normal, rational human beings. If they feel something, it must be true. And they kind of just take this leap from feeling to fact. Like for example, I feel like you don't like me. Like say, let's say I felt like this person doesn't like me. They would immediately jump to that person doesn't like me. Then they would tell their 10 people that person doesn't like me. Um, rather than kind of try to investigate that feeling to see if it's true, they immediately jump to it being a fact. Or let's say another example could be like they feel like you're doing something shady, so therefore you are. It's basically they jump to these conclusions and have assumptions. And they have a really hard time being consistent, I guess. Because why? Because feelings are inconsistent. You know, one minute they feel really strongly, they're really upset with you, for example. And, you know, they might just come out and say, I hate you. And then the next minute, you know, an hour later, they're basically saying that they love you. And it's almost like they don't really think anything of that. And it's because they have these feelings in the moment and a normal person would be able to, would be able to differentiate that. So like if you're having a, a fight with somebody and you're having a disagreement, you wouldn't just immediately jump to hating that person. But I think that narcissists sometimes do that. Like it's almost like in the moment they hate that person and they, it's almost like they can't understand the concept that my current emotions don't represent you know, the entire state of this relationship. So an, an example of feelings are facts is intentions. Sometimes they just expect people to magically know their intentions because they feel like their intentions are pure, therefore they are pure. Meanwhile, other people are decoding this behavior as a little bit sketchy or shady, and they have no idea why because 
feelings are facts. They, they feel like their intentions are pure, therefore they are, and other people better get on board with that. So another sign of covert narcissists that is sort of on top of regular narcissism is they kind of have an extra level of lying and deception. But here is the key. Um, they don't think they're lying. And if you call them out on lying, they can get really upset and emotional. Like you could ask them a straightforward question, are you doing this or did you do this? And they will find some clever way to kind of avoid the question or not really answer it or kind of leave out some facts. And the end result is a deception because they've made you to believe something that's not true. But if you say, you know, if you catch them in this and you call them out later, like, oh, you lied about that. They're like, I didn't lie. You know, I just didn't tell you all the facts, you know. And I think leaving out information is a big part of covert narcissists. And they, you often feel like you're just sort of left out of the know. You know what I mean? Like, you know, later you might find something happen and you're like, why didn't you tell me about that? Like, why didn't you involve me in that decision? Like, you did this, but why, like, why didn't you tell me? They don't even consider that you should have been involved with this decision. And anyway, it's, uh, it's confusing. So another thing that covert narcissists use a lot is word salad. And Richard Grant has a great video on this one. But basically, it's like clever ways to answer questions that don't really answer the question. And if you've ever watched a political debate, you'll know exactly what I mean. I mean, you could say, hey, what do you think about this issue? And all of a sudden, they're talking about some other thing that has nothing to do with the question. And then in the end, they kind of just look at you like they answered the question. And you're like, okay, yeah, but you didn't answer that question. It's like you can never really get to the bottom of anything because... Uh, their, their answers just talk around issues and never get anywhere. And you know, it's funny. Okay, so I'll tell you this story I did one time. I actually one time was hired to go shoot a video of this local politician. So I had to go meet up with them. They talked for 10 minutes. We asked some questions and then we, I was sort of supposed to cut together this little video. And I was editing the video and they were like, oh, how's the video going? And I, and I, I wrote back, I was like, you know what the problem is here is I just listened to like literally 15 straight minutes of talking and this person managed to actually say nothing. There is words that are coming out of this person's mouth, but there's really nothing said. So the, the real problem, in my opinion, with covert narcissists or any kind of narcissist, but specifically coverts, is that it's almost like they break you down from the inside out. Emotional abuse, and it's underhanded, and it's hard to pinpoint, and you can't even put your finger on it half the time. And all you know is you feel bad, and your sense of self is eroding, and you're connected to this person, and you're doing their bidding, and, and you, you can't even really identify the abuse. And, and the worst part is nobody else will have any idea what you're talking about. You know, especially if you have like mutual friends or anything like that, they're not going to have any idea what you're talking about because the only way to really experience this stuff is to get quite close to these people. So, you know, let's say you're in a romantic relationship with a covert narcissist, you might be experiencing all this stuff. Meanwhile, they might have friends that are kind of in this protected friend zone that don't really experience these things. So, 
I mean, the end result is, you know, people can get abused for years and it's really the sense of self that gets eroded. It's like your sense of reality kind of breaks down. So I just wanted to reiterate, if you are a person that is in a situation like this, I think the key is to find somebody else you can talk to who's had experience with it. Because that's the thing. If you haven't experienced it for yourself, you literally, you wouldn't even believe that this stuff is possible. Like you wouldn't even know that people do these kinds of things. It kind of sounds ridiculous because it sounds kind of insidious, right? And ideally you want to get away from it. Um, or in the very least put up some boundaries to kind of um, slow down or, or halt the, the behavior. So check out my boundaries video if you want more info on that. Anyway guys, I think that's good enough for now on narcissism. Um, I got some other ideas I could talk about. If people are interested, I could make more videos about it. Maybe let me know in the comments what you think, if this was useful, or maybe if you've had enough, you don't want to hear anything more about this let me know. Anyway, thanks for checking it out. Have a great day.